Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I am your host, Angie Miller, and today is part two on my series on perfectionism. I hope that you joined me last week, but if you did not, you know where to find it. You can listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you can watch the live stream on YouTube. So last week, I shared nine signs of perfectionism, and I I'm talking about perfectionism, both because it's been a personal struggle for me, but because I feel like a lot of us in the fitness space are really hard on ourselves. I feel like this is a breeding ground for really high achieving, highly motivated, educated, driven individuals. That's This space is full of people like that and personalities like that. And it can mean that we put a lot of these heightened expectations on ourselves to achieve, overachieve, and then some. And that can be really hard on our self-esteem. So, you know, last week I asked you, do you struggle to believe that your accomplishments are good enough? Um, Are you hard on yourself? Do you agonize over decisions and worry about making mistakes? Do you procrastinate on big projects? Do you run your decisions over and over again in your head or your words or your actions and replay them like a bad, scary movie that you can't get rid of? Do you work and rework projects? Are you highly critical of yourself and everything you do? If you do, you might struggle with perfectionism. And it's really, again, not at all uncommon in this space. Here's the thing. We can be really, really amazing at helping others, but it doesn't mean, you know, we can still walk the walk and talk the talk, but it doesn't mean we are going to epitomize the perfection of health and wellness because I don't even know what that is. In other words, we don't get a hall pass from struggling with our diet, struggling with everything that our body needs, struggling with sleep, struggling in our relationships, whatever it might be. We don't get a hall pass just because we work in the health and fitness space. And I think that sometimes we think that society expects us to live these perfect lives and make all these perfect decisions. But really, that's just not feasible because we are all humans and we live the human experience. So we are not immune to struggle, even when we walk in that space. So I'm going to review first the nine signs of perfectionism that I shared last week, but I would really encourage you to review that podcast. Okay. So number one, perfectionists tend to focus on avoiding failure. So they will often not just stay in their lane. They will close the doors, lock up the house and not get uncomfortable. They don't want to go into uncharted territory because they are so afraid of failure. Fear is the bottom driver of perfectionism. It's not about striving to achieve and do better. It's about fear of failure. So number two, perfectionists focus on what's wrong versus what's right. So they focus on what's not working versus what is working. Perfectionists, number three, set unrealistic goals. Number four, perfectionists fear making mistakes. And it is a huge fear for them. That's again, why they stay in their lane and they don't step out of their comfort zone because their fear of making mistakes is so overwhelming. Number five, perfectionists procrastinate because they are so afraid of, it's so daunting to start a project when you feel like you have to be perfect, that it's it's too easy to just be like, eh, I'll do that later. Because it's kind of a buzzkill of motivation to think you have to be perfect at something. Number six, perfectionists dismiss compliments and they tend to undermine their achievements. Number seven, perfectionists will go to great lengths to hide their perceived flaws. So they really have a hard time being vulnerable. They have a hard time asking for help. They have a hard time admitting they don't have it all together all the time. They want everyone to believe they do. Number eight, they fear rejection. 
And number nine, they engage in harsh self-assessment. So again, they just can't live up to their own heightened expectations. So you might have heard yourself in there, or you might be wondering, hmm, I think I need a little bit more information. Refer back to that podcast, and I go into a deep dive of what I mean by those nine tendencies. And maybe you recognize someone you know, and it'll help you have greater empathy and compassion to help them through that period or help them through that experience. And then today, I'm going to share five ways to help us overcome perfectionism. And remember, I talked about in the in my previous podcast that perfectionism and imposter syndrome are highly related. Feeling like you don't belong in a space, like, you know, what if somebody figures out I don't know what I'm doing? That's highly linked to perfectionism and these heightened expectations. But there's also a lot of research to support that perfectionism is linked to depressive symptoms. Because when you're super critical of yourself, it can lead to these feelings. You know, you live in this space of not being able to live up to your own expectations and you start to feel kind of down. So it really does beg to pay attention to what is perfectionism and how can I overcome it? Because I don't want it to become debilitating. So number one, so again, I'm, I'm Angie Miller. I am talking about perfectionism and I'm gonna lead you into a five-step journey on how to overcome it. Are you ready? So number one, focus on the first step, not the final product. So remember when I said perfectionists procrastinate out of fear of failure, right? So they don't, they don't want to start on a project because they think they have to get it all right. They have to be perfect. So the struggle to start on that project or study for that exam or engage in something new um, for them, like joining a gym or applying for a new job, or maybe for you, it's getting that new CES certification or learning anything outside of their wheelhouse is the nemesis of the perfectionist because just getting started feels so daunting. Um, you know, a perfectionist might think, well, if I, have, if I join the gym that I have to lose X amount of weight, if I do this project, it has to be perfect. But the truth is, when we stand at the bottom of a staircase and we look up, it always feels daunting. But really, it's about taking that first step. And then we know that that first step prepares us for the next step. And that prepares us for the next step. We can't just leap to the top because the information and the knowledge and the courage that we gain with each step is what helps us to succeed when we get all the way to the top. So the goal would be to work on the project or study for the CES exam one small chip at a time or one small step at a time. So maybe it's one hour. Maybe you say, I'm going to start studying for that CES exam one hour a day, three out of seven days a week. You make it really palatable, really achievable, something not too overwhelming. Because again, if our goals are achievable, we don't feel overwhelmed by them. The goal is to break them into smaller chunks and recognize, again, that every step gets us closer to the finish. So instead of focusing on the final product, just focus on that first step. How can I today take that first step? Number two, set a deadline. So perfectionists, they're never ready. It's never good enough. They're never going to finish reworking that article. They're never going to finish rewriting or writing that program unless they have a deadline, unless they have a client coming in an hour, or unless that article was due two hours ago. Lauren Michaels, the longtime producer of Saturday Night Live, once said the show doesn't go on at 11.30 because it's ready. It goes on because it's 11.30. In other words, you know, it, we can't wait until everything is perfect. We just have to go for it. Step out of our comfort zone and do the best we can. Show up the best we can and hope for the best. So we all do better with deadlines. We know that. So if we turn whatever it is that we have into a timeline, then we're more likely to succeed. 
You know, perfectionists, their worst nightmares for somebody to say, <laughs> just turn that in when you're ready. You know, it, it just reminds me, I don't know about you, but during the pandemic, I bought a couple of courses and I'm a little embarrassed to admit, but I think you need to know. I bought a couple of courses. I paid for them. They're in the files on my computer and there's no deadline. There's nobody waiting for me to complete these courses. So guess how long they've been sitting there? An exponentially long time. Because again, for a perfectionist with not having a deadline is like the kiss of death. We need a deadline to stop overthinking and overanalyzing. If someone doesn't give us a deadline, then we have to set one ourselves because it's more rewarding to finish a project than to never get started, right? Okay, number three. And again, I'm talking about perfectionism. I shared nine traits of perfectionism and I'm gonna tell you five ways to overcome it. Number three, confront your fears. Remember that the foundation of perfectionism is fear. Fear of making a mistake, fear of failure, fear of not being good enough. That is the foundation of perfectionism. It's that word fear, standing on a mountain of fear, always fearing the worst case scenario, what might happen instead of, wow, imagine if I had my CES exam, how amazing that would feel and how much better I would be as a trainer. It's what if I fail that CES exam or what if it's too difficult for me? So it's focusing on what they don't want versus what they do. So number three, confront your fears. Perfectionists need to ask, what am I really afraid of? So what's the worst that can happen? So if it's the CES exam, then, you know, you could call your worst fear. Okay, what's the worst that could happen? I failed the exam. Hmm. Okay, so we take it again. I know that never feels good, but you know what? It sure feels better to retake it and pass it than to run away from it and say, I failed and I'm not going to do it. That's a horrible feeling. So we take away fear's power when we call its bluff. Worst case scenario usually isn't as tragic as our mind makes it out to be. I always play worst case scenario with my clients. I play that with my clients in mental health and my clients in fitness, because often worst case scenario is really something that's very fixable. And it's more about what we learned in the process that matters the most. Actually taking the CES exam is a really good learning experience. And it really does set you up for success to retake the exam. Okay, number four, turn mistakes into lessons. Perfectionists fear making mistakes, but mistakes are our greatest lessons in life. Go back over your life journey just for a, a few seconds and just reflect on a mistake that you made and ask yourself, what did you learn? How did you grow from that mistake? Because I know that all of us know about mistakes that we have made in our journey of life. And I know that all of us could probably safely say that we learned a lot through that mistake. And had we not put ourselves out there and tried or taken that risk, we never would have learned the way that we learned. So after we make a mistake and we're sensing it as this perceived failure, it's important to ask, did I actually set a reasonable goal? So let me give you an example. A perfectionist tends to procrastinate, right? So a perfectionist, instead of saying, I'm going to study an hour a day, three days a week for 12 weeks to get ready for the CES exam, a perfectionist is going to debilitate themselves in fear. They're going to wait till the week before. They're going to try to cram it all in, and then they're potentially going to fail the exam. Well, then they're going to come back and say, I failed it. I knew I wasn't cut out for that exam. But in actuality, it wasn't a realistic goal. They set themselves up for failure. So the important thing is to confront your fears, ask what the worst case scenario is, and then turn those mistakes into lessons. You know what? The lesson is, did I really set a reasonable goal or did I set myself up for failure by trying to cram at the last minute? 
Or what if we ask ourselves, what if I did I expect not to make any mistakes at all? And then we can ask, what did I learn? What did I learn? Well, I learned that I can't cram for an exam in a week. And I learned that I don't do well with last minute. And I learned that anxiety actually makes me perform poorly on tests. So cramming at the last minute drives my anxiety and leads to the result that I don't want. So then, you know, when you make a mistake, just ask yourself, what did I learn? Was it a reasonable goal? Make a list of what you learned, how you grew, and recognize that mistakes are a powerful teacher. And they're the greatest teacher that sets us up for success the next time. All right. So let's move on. Number five, all or nothing thinking. So again, I am talking about, I taught, shared the nine signs of perfectionism. And now I'm talking about five ways to overcome perfectionism. So number five, avoid all or nothing thinking. Perfectionists are famous for all or nothing. It's this way or it's this way. There's just no middle ground with those who have very fixed thinking. Because remember, I said perfectionism is kind of tied to imposter syndrome, but it's also tied to that fixed versus growth mindset. Being in that fixed mentality where things are a certain way or they're not, there's no, you know, there's no middle ground there. It has to be perfect or it's not worth it. But what if it is? What if there's no such thing as perfection? So it is worth it. It's worth the risk. It's worth making mistakes. It's worth the learning and the growth. So it's the experiences that we had in our lives were, that were anything less than perfect that taught us so much about ourselves and the world around us. One way to challenge that all or nothing thinking is to realize that everything is a process and process is the key word here. We don't only have to say yes to things that we are, quote, good at and that will you know, do well along the way. We can say yes to things that make us uncomfortable, that are outside of our wheelhouse, recognizing that that's where the real growth is. The opportunity to learn about ourselves through all different types of activities and people and situations. So again, when I did a podcast on growth versus fixed mindset, I talked about that those with a growth mindset focus on the learning and versus um, versus the, they focus on the learning versus the outcome. So what you learned along the way. So they don't focus on, I need to lose five pounds. They focus on what they learned along the way about their body and how much more empowered their body felt as they lost those five pounds. Same thing with the CES exam. They're focusing on the process, the process of studying, the process of engaging and interpreting information, the process of growing our mind and our body and being a better trainer versus yes, I passed or no, I did it. Okay. Another way to challenge all or nothing thinking is to determine which tasks are most important versus which tasks are less important. So on less important tasks, we can put forth less effort. So stay with me here and I'll tell you about this. So, you know, see if the world falls apart if you don't fold your laundry perfectly. See if the world falls apart if you don't make your bed. That might be going too far because I do think we should all make our bed. But you know what? At the end of the day, everything is not a college entrance exam, right? So instead of all or nothing thinking, focus on the process. Try not to say yes to only things that you're going to be good at, but say yes to things that take you out of your wheelhouse so that you know that getting uncomfortable that process, that journey that you're going to go on, there's going to be so much learning that's going to be at your disposal. Okay, so here's a review of those five ways to overcome perfectionism. Number one, focus on the first step, not the final product. 
So just take that first step. It's not how to get to the top step. It is every step gets us ready for the next one and the next one and the next one. So that by the time we get to the top, we are prepared to succeed. Number two, set a deadline. If someone doesn't give you a deadline, make up a deadline because perfectionists need deadlines. Most of us need deadlines to succeed. Number three, confront your fears. Call fears bluff. You know what? What's the worst that could happen? And even if that happens, how can I overcome? What will I learn and how will I grow? Number four, turn mistakes into lessons. We all make mistakes. Mistakes are part of the human experience. It's not about the mistake itself. It's about how we move forward from the mistake. And number five, avoid all or nothing thinking. It has to be perfect or it's not worth it. If we do that, we're always going to stay in our wheelhouse. We're never going to get uncomfortable and we're never going to grow exponentially. So I really hope that you benefited from this two-part series on perfectionism. And that if you don't personally struggle with it, you know someone who does and you can share the information that you learn. And also so that even if you don't feel like you struggle with perfectionism, if you do have this tendency to want to get things right all the time, hopefully this takes a little pressure off of you and gives you a different lens to look through so that you can get uncomfortable and learn that getting it right isn't the goal, but getting ourselves out there and learning as much as we can is the ultimate goal. So thank you again for joining us for our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I will see you next week.